Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I'm here this week with our emergency manager, Chris Crowley. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, thanks. Awesome, thanks for coming on. We're glad to have you. So let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been at Summit County, some of your interests outside of work. I've lived in Summit County since 2000. I came here for the Olympics, decided it was a fantastic place and I stayed. Outside of work, I like to ski, mountain bike, hang out with my kids. So you came here during the Olympics and it was actually working for the Olympics, isn't that right? Correct. And then before that, you got introduced to emergency management in San Francisco and were there during one of their major earthquakes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I had just started working at the convention facilities and within six months, the Loma Prieta earthquake hit. We had to open up as a mass care facility on the spot and housed a few thousand people for a week. And that was quite an amazing experience and certainly one that's shaped my my career and focus over the years. So it was kind of a trial by fire, I guess you could say. Unfortunately, there were fires (laughs) and it was definitely a trial. Talk a little bit going off of that about your time doing emergency management and things like that here during the 2002 Olympics. Certainly. I actually came to manage the Park City Mountain Resort Olympic venue. Events, large events, are in fact my background, but large event planning and emergency planning is very similar. Both require lots of long-range planning, lots of different entities being involved, and coordination of those plans. So the Olympic planning, of course, comes hand-in-hand with a large component of emergency and security planning, as well as operational and general enjoyment and entertainment value. But certainly safety first is always the most important aspect, and that's exactly something that I focus on here in Summit County, is trying to create safe and resilient and practical level planning, as well as developing coordinated efforts among our local, state, and federal agencies. What got you into emergency management in the first place? Again, working at the convention center and that first introduction to the earthquake, the fact that we really were not prepared, we didn't have a suitable emergency plan. Everything basically was trial by fire, delivery off the cuff. It was an extremely difficult situation. It's dangerous. And quite frankly, we had people's lives in our hands that we were trying to deal with, but we were also discovering those needs. So immediately following the earthquake, one of my first jobs was to develop a 
community-based emergency plan for the convention center that was adopted and ultimately adopted in numerous convention centers across the country. So in addition to the 2002 Olympics here, you've also worked several other Olympics, including Rio just this past August. Is that correct? That's correct. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Rio and kind of the different challenges and the unique things that you saw there? Yeah, I, I did have the fortunate opportunity to work in in Rio doing doing operational planning. I did the same thing in Vancouver for the 2010 Olympics there. You know, it was a great opportunity to see how things work in different countries under different systems. Ultimately, the goals are always the same, creating a safe environment and making sure that we can understand and mitigate against the risks that that present themselves. Rio presented a large number and different group of risks, but ultimately we all have the same goals. Again, safety first and making sure that we can provide the resources that are necessary. And that's one of the challenges of working in Brazil was your ability to actually gain and develop the resources that you need uh, were certainly and significantly different than what we would expect here in the United States. Ultimately, we were able to develop these plans, put them all together, and I think that Rio did a fantastic job of delivering the Olympics, and thankfully there were no major emergencies to have to deal with in Rio, Canada, here in Salt Lake. You talked a little bit about this going over your past experience, but just for someone in the public who might not be very familiar with emergency management as a whole or kind of how it affects them, how does your current job as the emergency manager, what does it entail and how does that affect yeah. regular average geo person that lives Fair in the enough. county? I'm not a first responder. The fire department, the police, the sheriff, ambulance, those are our first response agencies. They're the ones that go directly to the emergencies. My involvement is really from a community planning aspect and certainly from a larger planning aspect if we have a major disaster where our resources are overwhelmed or we require additional supplies or support from the state or from the federal level, that's when I become involved. I, I think that one of the most important parts of emergency management is in fact planning at the community level and that's really what our focus in 2017 is going to be is developing emergency operations plans that are specific to and appropriate to the skills and abilities of individual communities across Summit County, no matter who or where you are. Basically follows the old adage that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Absolutely. We talked about working with the community and having people develop their own emergency plans. What are some specific services or programs slash initiatives coming up that you'll be working to get the public more involved with and kind of uh, to build upon. So last year we we launched a very significant program about our local emergency planning committee and the LEPC is really focused largely on first response and hazardous materials response and coordination across our response agencies. The next step to that and and actually connected to that is our community emergency planning group, which that group 
goes hand in hand with CERT, which is the Community Emergency Response Teams, and that's specific training to respond to emergencies. But in our Community Emergency Planning Group, what we're looking to do is develop plans as a group. So we'll utilize the resources, skills, and knowledge of everybody in Summit County. We'll be developing plans directly related to CAMIS or to POA or even smaller neighborhoods and in your your block that you live on. We encourage everybody to come and the idea behind it is we'll have a curriculum that's set up to address specific hazards and emergencies and we'll address first and foremost what the expectations should be of a community when response will arrive, how it will will arrive, and especially in the case of a major emergency, it's important to understand the timelines of federal or state intervention. And again, getting back to that practical level of planning, we want communities to be aware of what their resources are and what the skill levels and persons who are trained in their community, what they can actually accomplish. We don't want to put anybody in harm's way. And in fact, we want to be the opposite. We want to be very proactive and provide training through CERT. And we want to provide planning through our community emergency planning group. And the benefit of coming to this group is we'll walk through this planning that's developed largely based on our seasonal hazards and we'll have subject matter experts there to provide tutoring and support and information as we develop our local plans. So one of the ways you kind of described this to me when we first started, uh, when I first got here and became involved a little bit more with LEPC and CERT, was that it's basically the foundational building block that we have our emergency response on. Obviously, the first responders have their own plans and stuff, but at the community level, this is kind of where it all starts. Isn't that right? Correct. And that's one thing that I, I want to stress, is that the community really are the first ones who are affected, and they're the first ones who are on site at any emergency. What we really want are the community members to understand the situation and respond in a safe and effective manner and then understand that once our first responders or other resources arrive that they still have a job and they still have some responsibilities within their community we want to clearly define those responsibilities train people to act accordingly and to recover from whatever the issue may be as quickly and effectively as possible the first step for that is just a general knowledge, kind of a basic understanding of how an, how an emergency affects your family and the ways that you can prepare for that, which is kind of what we're going to segue into next is a little emergency management 101. Basically, what if you, if you aren't familiar with what we do or haven't maybe had, I don't want to call it an opportunity, but haven't experienced going through one of these types of situations, here's kind of the basics of what you need to know. So starting off with that, what are some of the more common disasters that we experience in Summit County and kind of the things that people need to be most aware of and most ready for, as opposed to, yeah. you know, a nuclear attack or aliens invading or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Fires, wildland fires, hazmat spills, on, especially on 80 and 40, power outages, 
severe weather. These are very common issues that we deal with every single day to some degree, but there are also things that we sometimes take for granted and we really need to have a focused approach to planning first and foremost for our families and make sure that we can ensure their safety. So the first thing I would suggest is everybody go out and make sure that they have a hard copy of contacts and phone numbers and also alternative methods of contacting their loved ones in the case of an emergency. The next piece is to have a family plan. Understand if you can't go to pick up your kids or you can't make it from work back home, what your family should do in order to be prepared and to feel confident that the person who may or may not be there is safe and secure and has an understanding of what they should do and can wait and be patient until further assistance arrives. The other part is to have a 72-hour kit. I think that these are very important things for families especially, is to understand that in the event of a major disaster, especially if there's a power outage or let's say it's a the snowstorm of the century, you may have to actually stay at your office or in your house for up to 72 hours before help arrives. It may even be longer, but making sure that you are prepared to survive for that period of time and that everybody in your household is prepared. My feeling is that these 72-hour kits are available commercially and they're filled with all kinds of great gadgets and, and MacGyver gizmos that will help you survive the zombie apocalypse. But the most important elements are water and food and certainly mm-hmm. shelter. And those are the things that I would suggest all families focus on first and foremost. Keep in mind that in the event of a power outage and most likely severe weather, you may not be able to keep all of your refrigerated goods cold. You may not understand where your where additional water may come from. And so just having an idea of how you can use your water heater water or the the water from the tank in your toilet and how you can survive for 72 hours will be very helpful. And I think it's important to note too that you you talked about this basically having the necessities you need not only at home in your pantry but also maybe in your office place or your car because disasters don't ever happen at convenient times when it's you know there's never a situation where it's like oh, there's going to be a wildfire in five hours so go home and get your stuff or leave work you need to be prepared wherever you are for these type of situations not just at home because you might not be able to make it home correct and and again i i stress practical level planning i, I don't think that it's necessary to have three days worth of food and water stashed inside your car if you only live 15 minutes away because the likelihood is if you are in fact stranded in your car maybe you can get to shelter or to your home i would not suggest doing that if conditions are very dangerous but again the practical level of planning might be you know a very small go bag that you stash in your car with a space blanket a couple of sports bars and a bottle or two of water Again, continually 
keeping track of that stuff because you don't want to have it in your car for five years and discover that it's inedible or that the water has evaporated. You constantly need to replenish these supplies. But again, there it's a good idea to have that stuff in your car. And I think one thing we want to stress too is that when people maybe initially think of emergency management, they kind of get a picture of someone who's a prepper and has a bunker with all this stuff in it. And really, it's a lot more basic than that. It's just kind of having an understanding of knowing when help will arrive, what to do before help arrives, and basically how to get by for, like you said, up to 72 hours if you need to before help can get to you. Absolutely. And I, I think that if we break it down into some some very simple takeaways, when you're preparing for your for your 72-hour kit, you should focus on the things that you can eat and drink. Because if you can't eat it or you can't drink it, it's probably a secondary item. The next piece is understanding what the timelines are and what will happen during a major disaster and what resources will ultimately become available to you. First and foremost, don't panic. Second of all, understand that resources are in fact going to arrive, but it takes time, especially in a mass care facility or a large event. It takes time for those things to be set up. They will be set up. We will distribute food and water and medical supplies and support and rescue operations. But these things do in fact take time and they need to be prioritized definitely information we want everyone to know. Just in closing, I think too that people are busy, especially this time of year, they might be a little burned out with holiday parties and everything. But if this is something you don't have set up, it's good to have something like you said, even rudimentary or just basic in place because it's like we said before, never a situation where you know in a week from now that there's going to be a major snowstorm. But I think it's important to take the time, and I'm sure you would agree, encourage people to take the time to set these things up if they don't have them now, at least on a basic level, because if something does arise, you're going to wish you had a little planning in your back pocket. Exactly, and the planning is very straightforward and relatively simple. Understand where your loved ones are and how you're going to contact them. Make sure that within your home you understand how to shut off your gas. Make sure that you can secure your home and also have a food supply that is available to you and a water supply that is available to you should the utilities go out. And then the other element, again, is practical level planning. We don't need to be prepared for every single event because we can generally adapt, but having the understanding and the expectations of the the larger emergency management and support network understanding when and where you can receive support resources within your community is very important and i would encourage everybody to sign up for summit county's alert system where you can receive push notifications of certain alerts you choose which alerts you would like to know about traffic weather fires etc but if you sign up for that at the county's website summitcounty.org sign up for your emergency alerts so you'll get the information in advance then ultimately again being prepared on a practical level on a family or personal level 
that's one of the most important things you can do. I'd also like to invite everybody to participate in our CERT program, in our community emergency planning group, and that way we can share the resources of our community and work together to recover from any major disaster. Great. Well, Chris, thanks so much for stopping by, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again in the future. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.